Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 22nd of October. Coming up, mum's grief after six-year-old drowned at beach. I'm a single mum. She, she was everything, everything to me. My own life was... No fines issued to homeless people after a year. They're there as a deterrent. You don't want to make people's lives worse. It shows the success by the numbers which have reduced and the antisocial behaviour has reduced as well. And sinkhole causing concern for residents. You do actually feel the houses vibrate when you get big vehicles come down. We've been saying it for a long time, you know, but uh, to, to see that hole... Yeah, it did come with a bit of a shock. Kent Online News. First today, we've been hearing from the mum of a six-year-old girl who drowned at the beach in Margate. Darjanelle Amazing Young went missing on the busy beach last July and was found lifeless in the water. Her mum, Camille Rameki, says she made the worst mistake of her life when she allowed family friends to take her on a trip to the seaside while she was at work. A coroner's now ruled her death was an accident and wasn't caused by neglect from the people looking after her. Camille spoke to us after the inquest and said her life has been destroyed. I was a single mother. She, she was everything, everything to me. My own life was basically living for her. Like, I don't even know what, what, what's going on in my life. Because I can't, I can't focus to do nothing. At the moment of me going back home, I don't even know what's going to happen because it's just really, really bad at the moment. I was at work and I got a phone call, but when I heard that the, the, the person said this is Camille, I dropped the phone because I, I had a feeling that something wasn't right. And my, um, my customer that was here with me, um, two weeks ago denise and denise took the phone and denise was talking to i think it was one of the doctors or something and they said to me that one of the police is gonna come and take me to margate the police came and they we got to margate within half an hour so when i got to the hospital i saw tia she and roy was in a room sitting down and i said to her that it's okay i know accidents do happen but i didn't know amazing was dead at that point Kent Online reports. In other news today, 17 blocks of flats in East Kent have been identified as being at serious risk of fire. Canterbury City Council are enforcing daily checks as it looks to deal with what's described as substantial safety issues. It comes just days after it was revealed a fifth of all public buildings in Kent have failed to meet fire safety standards. Five men have been arrested after 13 migrants, including a child were found in a cattle truck on their way to Kent. They were discovered in a hay compartment at the port of Calais on Saturday night. The driver, who's British, remains in custody, while the others have been released under investigation. A Maidstone man's been charged with impersonating a police officer after blue flashing lights were used to force a driver to pull over. It's said to have happened on the M2 near Bluebell Hill at the weekend. The 33-year-old is due in court next month. A 
year after powers were introduced to fine rough sleepers in part of Kent, it's been revealed not a single penalty has been issued. Public space protection orders were brought in in Tunbridge Wells to reduce antisocial behaviour and things like begging, but so far no one's been told to pay up. John Handley's the chief exec of the Bridge Trust, which supports rough sleepers in West Kent. Public spaces protection orders, or PSPOs, have been running I think about a year now and it's an interesting question why have no fines been issued and I think there's probably two reasons for that maybe one that they just haven't been using them or two that they've been using them in the right way um, if I explain that I was actually quite um, vocal um, objecting to them actually when they first proposed them but part of their release of the PSPOs, they said they would use them sympathetically. And I think what they've turned out to be is a vehicle for the council officers and the police, etc., to actually approach rough sleepers if they are causing antisocial behaviour. And it's a vehicle that they can say to them, well, listen, we're going to use these sympathetically. I think that was the term they used at the time. And we can help you off the streets. We can help you out of the situation you're in. We can give you help and support, perhaps into housing but you can't stay where you are. But there has to be an option to that. So the, the other option, if you refuse our help constantly, is there's going to be some sort of penalty. And it does sound a bit odd to say we're going to fine you, because if you're a homeless person with no money, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a stupid thing to say. But I guess, what could they say? I, they, the, the PSPOs had to have some sort of teeth, I guess. Um, you know, either do this or what? What's the consequence? There has to be a consequence for not engaging with the support that's offered um, and they, they chose the consequence of a fine fixed penalty notice um, they could have I guess you know tied next tied rocks around people's necks and thrown them in the duck pond or put them in the stocks or thrown them directly into jail or whatever but that's crazy so I guess they thought well we'll we'll issue a, a fine if they don't consistently don't agree to accept the support I would say that I don't believe that just sleeping rough is in itself antisocial behaviour but if they are causing an obstruction and are causing noise and maybe they're drunk or what have you that's a different matter. Um, I did fear to start with that they were going to be using these orders just to sweep the problem of homelessness off the streets but to be fair I don't think that's what they've been using them for and I think the penalty notice is the last resort no one wants to fine or to penalise people from sleeping rough and I think the council are the same as well in Tunbridge Wells. They want to address the problem and they have put in place um, rough sleeper initiatives. They've got some funding from central government to do that so there are actually services uh, and help that they can realistically offer to homeless people and I think that the homeless people that have engaged with them and some of these people are very hard to engage, they've had a rough life, they've, all sorts of different circumstances mean that they're vulnerable and, and quite tough to, to get to your message across to but I think they've had some success in that with these using as I say these PSPOs as a vehicle to say look we can offer you all this help we can help you change your life around we can help you off the streets but you can't stay there you've got to engage with us you've got to allow us to help you and if you don't offer this the, the, uh, don't accept the offer that you're given then the option is not to stay where you are it's something else and it's the fines which are the something else 
but as you say at the moment they haven't in the last year or so issued a fine so that leads me to believe that they these orders are being used effectively and I do know from um, liaising with the housing department at Tunbridge Wells Borough Council they had a lot of success in getting people off the streets of Tunbridge Wells um, because they've had some funding to do it all important money so yeah I think as I said before initially I was skeptical but was reassured by the, um, uh, the, the housing officers and the uh, council um, member responsible at the time that they would be used sympathetically and I believe that's what's happened. Despite some questioning whether the fines are worth having, councillor Carol McConaughey says the idea's actually been a big success. The PSPOs were put in place to address antisocial behaviour associated with begging and rough sleeping and we're trying to address rough sleeping behaviour, not rough sleeping itself. Um, obviously that's a different matter. We've done this through the legislation and to do it through the legislation that is the PSPOs. So we've now given out warnings and we've explained about how the PSPOs work to the rough sleepers regarding their behaviour but we have not actually issued a fixed penalty notice and that's very good news. So you might think of that as being a failure, but we actually see it as a real success. To have not issued any fines is really great, and it shows the success by the numbers which have reduced, and the antisocial behaviour has reduced as well. So for us, it's a win-win. We don't want them creating problems. It's a sad situation to be in. You don't want to make it worse. And generally, we look for a much more holistic outcome anyway. There's a lot of meetings, there's a lot of different bodies who get involved to help these people. I was amazed when I took it over to see how many people are out there helping. It's amazing. And uh, we've got a very good team here. And in actual fact, um, on the Christmas winter shelters, they did a count every year. Uh, before I started, it was 21. The following year, it was seven. And we had to count in extra people who weren't there because we thought we couldn't find them. And I think that's a real bonus that we've come down to that, particularly at winter. I would say they're there as a deterrent. You don't want to make people's lives worse. That is the absolute point of it. You do not want to do that. And that's something we've had the luxury of, well it's not a luxury, we've had the benefit of not having to do. You can also watch our video reports on this story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Plans to tackle rising levels of knife crime in Kent have been deferred following claims the report was rushed. The county council are promising to take action, but councillors say the suggested approach is too narrow and further work needs to be carried out first. The proposals focus on clamping down on the illegal sale of knives and raising more awareness in schools, as well as working more closely with the police and NHS. A whale found dead in the River Thames at Gravesend has been confirmed as an endangered species. The animal was spotted floating in the water last Friday and has been identified by the Zoological Society of London as a say whale. It's not known yet how it ended up there. It looks like the eight bodies which plan and pay for healthcare in Kent and Medway are going to merge into one. The NHS has given the clinical commissioning groups conditional approval and it's hoped the shake-up will save time, money and free up GPs' time to see patients. If all the conditions are met, they'll work as one group from next April. Tests are going to be done on a road in Gillingham after a sinkhole appeared. Corporation Road had to be closed on Friday after it opened up under a parked car. It's still not clear what caused 
caused the metre-wide void, but it follows months of gas work on the same stretch of road. Christina's been chatting to Kevin, who lives there. You do actually feel the houses vibrate when you get big vehicles come down. We've been saying it for a long time, you know, but uh, to, to see that hole, yeah, it did come with a bit of a shock. And is it a concern, I know they've been doing a lot of work, is it a concern that another one might, might open up because it's quite deep? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because obviously, as I said earlier, um, they must have put something in there to be able to put the tarmac in there. So whatever they put in there, where's it gone? You know, so, and the road is actually leaning towards, towards this way, on parts of the road. So, yeah, it's, it's concerning. You know, uh, we've been here 50 years and nothing's ever been done to these roads. You know, so, yeah, it is concerning. And the works as a whole, they've been going on for quite a while now. Have they been quite disruptive to, to you and other residents? Uh, yeah, because it's the time it's taken as well, you know. Uh, two, two or three days a week and then going home early on a Friday, getting two and a half hours, of, you know, two and a half days a week. Uh, yeah, it's caused lots of disruption. This road, if you get one car coming up the road and another car coming down the road, you've got a stalemate. No one will move. They can't move anywhere. The one that's coming up this way don't want to reverse down onto a dual carriageway and the other one don't want to reverse all the way back up the road, so you get a stalemate. You know, so, yeah, it is disruptive. And, you know, obviously having this road closure in place, you know, Parking, I bet, is a bit of a nightmare around here anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's all residential, yes. It's all residential. So did it cause quite a lot of problems having quite a big part of its section, you know, over the weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, uh, my brother comes to visit and he'll phone up before he'll leave Sittingbourne and we will tell him what the parking situation's like before we write him out a, a, a parking permit just to visit for an hour or so because, yeah, it did cause a lot of disruption. There was another night where an ambulance was stuck in the middle of the road, up the road. Nothing can go anywhere. You know, if you wanted to go anywhere, you were stuck, really. And obviously, I mean, I've, I've driven down the park, that um, you're still getting quite a lot of cars having to come, that drive, just ignoring the road coaches and driving and turning around. So has that been a bit of a nuisance over the weekend as well? Well, I come here one day and I try to turn in on the bottom of the road and they were still digging, doing the repairs at the bottom. So what I had to do, I had to reverse out on the main road, go around, turn at Tesco's, up to Strand Roundabout. Tried coming down the road and there was a tarmac lorry up the road, but there was no signs on either end of the road to say that, you know, the road was closed. I then had to go back down Knight Avenue, back up the road, which lucky enough to grab a lorry had gone by then, but apparently they have a, that lorry, tarmac lorry, hadn't, uh, was supposed to be in Stafford Street, which was miles away, but obviously, lack of information, they'd booked both ends of the road. so. I couldn't sit on it out on the dual carriageway and wait for it to move. I had to go right around the block again. And in terms of this sinkhole, do you have any idea yet when it's going to be fixed, how long it's going to be fenced off yet? Well, the information I got was they were going to test all the whole, uh, places where they filled in to see, obviously, if it's been sinking anywhere else. But, uh, yeah, um, but there doesn't seem to have been a lot done since... They've been coming, looking at the hole, and people standing over the hole. No one's really been out and done anything this morning. The only thing I've noticed this morning is this barrier's been moved forward, and the digger's gone.
Well, gas company SGN say they've handed the site over so an investigation can take place. Medway Council say repairs will be done as quickly as possible. KMTV's video reports at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. We're being urged to think carefully about buying small pets for our children. As figures show, 66 had to be rescued in Kent last year. The RSPCA say things like rabbits, guinea pigs and hamsters are thought to be easy easy first pets, but they actually need a lot of looking after. The latest phase of a major development in Medway has been unveiled. The public plaza at Rochester Riverside has a new travel lodge hotel and co-op store, which is due to open next month. More than £400 million is being spent on the project, which also includes 1,400 homes. And two lynx kittens have arrived in time from France at a Kent animal park, ahead of the Brexit deadline. Conservationists at the Wildwood Trust near Canterbury have been working to set up care facilities for the male and female lynx before Britain's due to leave the EU on October the 31st. Bosses say enhanced controls and transport issues would have meant compromised animal welfare. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have been given a tough draw in the first round of the FA Cup. They'll have to travel to take on Sunderland. Elsewhere, Dover will play at home to South United and Maidstone welcome Torquay to the Gallagher Stadium. Ebbsfleet will host Notts County if they win their replay at Woking tonight. Meantime, in League One, Gillingham are away to Shrewsbury Town this evening. The Jills will be hoping to bounce back from a 2-1 defeat to Peterborough on Saturday. They're currently 16th in the table with tonight's opponents three places above them. Manager Steve Evans says it'll be a tough game. I'm not going to tempt fate and say they don't score a lot of goals, so I won't say that, but they don't concede a lot of goals. I think they've conceded 10 all season. They've been terrific. I don't know if um, if the manager will change what he does, but he tends to be a three-stroke of five at the back. It's very effective for them and they've got some gifted players. Kickoffs at 7.45. That's it for now, but don't forget you can head to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.